the confidence is in the preparation. If I know I'll put my heart into this, I'm obviously when I get to start alone, I'm gonna be very, very confident. The suffering part is just like, that's, the, that's how it is. <laughs> you gotta be okay with suffering. And that's part of it, that's kind of all I know. And I just kind of correlate that with hard work. Hard work doesn't feel good. Hard work isn't convenient. Suffering isn't convenient. You gotta just be okay with the pain and get through it, you know? And I just never wanna leave a workout, leave a day knowing that I've been working my hardest, you know? So I, I get comfort in knowing that I've worked my hardest. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspects of running and what helps people to achieve success, however they define it. And this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. As you all know, I take recovery very seriously. I focus on my sleep and sleep quality. I make sure I'm taking the supplements I need to keep my body going strong. And I rest when I know my body needs it. So we're excited to be partnering with Hyperice, a company whose mission is to help everyone on earth move better, live better, and be better. Count me in. Not only does Hyperice believe in helping everyone on earth move better, they also believe in relentless innovation, just like us. They're moving the recovery and wellness industry forward by never being satisfied with the status quo, combining science and physiology to support and advance the human condition. You may have even seen me using some of their products over on Instagram. My favorites are the Normatec Leg Boots and lately the Normatec Go, their portable calf sleeves. For long training days, rest days, and everything in between, Hyperice has all the tools you need to keep your body going for the long run. The team over at Hyperice is giving for the long run community members 15% off through the end of September. This is a big deal. You can go over to hyperice.com and use the code FTLR2023 to get your discount and support the show. We are proud to announce the newest sponsor of the podcast, Scratch Labs. Scratch Labs is a local Boulder-based sports nutrition brand known not just for their awesome sports nutrition products, but for their love of science and the community. I'll share a bit more about their products and how I use them. But for now, thank you to Scratch for supporting the podcast. Scratch will be a partner of the podcast this summer. And as always, supporting the brands that support the podcast helps to keep this machine rolling. You can use the code FTLR20 for 20% off all Scratch products through their website via the link in the show notes. You know that a big part of my life is optimization. I optimize for time, optimize for efficiency, and try to always optimize for my health and training. That's why I'm so excited to welcome our newest brand partner, Tubefore. But what's Tubefore? There's natural sports nutrition supplement made from New Zealand blackcurrant berries. These are the most researched berries in the world, and those studies are showing that these berries have exceptionally high antioxidant levels, and they're proven to enhance athletic performance. That's gonna be a hell yes from me. These wonder berries, which is what I'm starting to call them, improve endurance, help kickstart recovery, and strengthen immunity. What athlete doesn't want all of that? So how can you use these in your daily routine? I take a serving before every single run. So go ahead and try out some two before. The code FTLR will save you 30% on 20, 10, and multi-serve packs. And remember that supporting our brand partners helps to support the podcast as well. That's twobefore.com, number two before.com, and code FTLR. And we are live with Marquise Bowden here in Boulder. Marquise and I have been talking about doing this podcast for a while, so I'm stoked that today's the day. Yeah. Super thank you. Of course. Big thank you. Of course. (laughs) Um, Marquise, the first question on this podcast is always a tough one. Okay. Uh, Who is Marquise? Wow. That is a tough one. (laughs) Uh, Who is Marquise? Marquise is just a, a simple person, you know, who just loves to love on, love on his people and, just try to be a little bit of a bright light. That's that's who Marquise is. Uh, not too much of anything. I'm just, yeah, simple soul. So this podcast looks at a lot of things within the lens of running. Yeah. So we'll set the stage, Marquise as a runner, mm-hmm. um, and and go from there. So when when did you get into running? What was your first when was your first run? Yeah, um, I debuted uh, Chicago 2017 which is feels like an eternity ago. <laughs> um, 
yeah, just I was a collegiate basketball player first, you know, to even back back it up a little bit further. Um, yeah, ended up uh, losing my scholarship and uh, a friend invited me out, you know, back in Los Angeles. There's a huge run crew scene, you know, and got invited out and was actually driving back and forth about an hour, about 90 minutes from practice to this run group that took place at 10 o'clock at night just for me to kind of get away, you know, and to fast forward time after that, you know, ended up losing my scholarship and uh, started running and it just kind of happened. I didn't plan it, you know, so pretty magical thing. So it's pretty, pretty cool. So making it happen at 10 p.m., you had to have liked it at least a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Was, the, the energy was great, you know, caring people, loving people. And so I was just coming week after week and I continued to go after, you know, I made it home from school, you know, and um, it was just it became a constant in my life. And I was like, oh, I think I can be okay at this. I was encouraged to think I can be okay in this sport. And I just believed it, you know, I just believed it. What was it at first that, that hooked you in? Uh, the community. Uh, again, Los Angeles community, I think is second to none. Because uh, that's all I, before coming here, obviously, it's a whole different level yeah. of community as well. But uh, there, the community is it's phenomenal. You know, and um, still my best of friends will always be my best of friends. Yeah, it, it molded me and sculpted me to who I am today, for sure. One of the topics I like to talk about is community, how people define community. Yeah. I like the, like, I like having these conversations with people who, if you think about a community, you think of those people. And we're at the point here where I think of the Boulder running community, at least on the road side of things. And I think of Marquise. Oh, I think of that first that. time that... I told this story on the podcast or just in general a bunch of times, but I showed up, I forget what trail, I think it was left-hand, the left-hand parking lot, the first uh, Boulder Underground run that I participated in our track club. And you just like welcomed me with like yeah. the biggest hug and, hey man, welcome. I don't know if you knew me. I definitely didn't know you at the uh -huh. time, um, but you made me feel like a million bucks. And I've just seen you do that over and over and over to people. And it was really cool to see and definitely made an impact on my first like group run as nice. a Boulder resident. Um, so I'm curious for Marquise, what does community mean? Oh man, I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's, that's yeah. amazing. You know, it, it goes to show that the, the caringness we try to show every day, it does pay off. You know, not every, you know, you don't hear that side of it, yep. you know, but it's just genuine, you know, it's just, you know, not everyone's like that, you know, um, but grateful for the opportunities to have those kind of moments. Um, oh, man, I think what is community is a safe space to where people can come as they are. No matter who you are, what you are, what you believe, a safe space to come in, just do what we all love to do, you know? So at the end of the day, we're here for the same goal, you know? And there's a quote my grandma always says that you're going to go always, you're going to always go where you're safe. We're always where you're loved, always where you're cared for, you know? So I think it's important for communities to go where you're loved and cared for. So I think that's an important important aspect of it. Have you always been like this? Uh, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, just been through a lot in my life, you know? Just be, to be straightforward and be transparent, you know? Was born into brokenness. Um, and so having a the, the best grandmother there is of all grandmothers and her putting her love on us. And it's just something I just cultivated to my life. And it's not forced, you know, um, it's just how I am. And I just don't try not to change it, even in the hardest of times. I think it's important to, to be to be the same, even in the midst of chaos. You know, obviously life hits hard for anybody and it's hard to be positive, but that means it's the right thing to do, you know. So throughout the ups and downs you've had, how has sport, whether it's basketball or running, yeah. played a part in like, keeping that even keel? Oh, it's it's pivotal for me, you know, and specifically for running. It's my way of thinking. It's how I think. It's how I decompress. Uh, we run a lot. <laughs> we run a whole lot. And so it, it gives, and just with having that aspect in general, but just being out there is the best way I know from Marquise as to how I deal with my problems and how I deal with situations in life because I'm able to get clarity even through hard workouts, you know, even when you can't think straight, you know, just the point of just moving the body and just being out there. And it gives me opportunity to process what I'm thinking, you know, especially on our, our, the long, easy days, easy days in general. It gives me a moment in time to reflect constantly and to kind of just, sometimes just can't help it. You know, I'm a, I'm a thinker, you know, so I'm always thinking about things and 
Unfortunately, sometimes I think about my issues and my problems or whatever I'm going through in life. Good or bad, it does not have to always be negative. Yeah. You know, like it's good stuff to kind of, it's good, it's the good stuff that really gets you, gets you into a good place. But yeah, it just constantly gives me a chance to, chance to think clear, <laughs> you know? So how did you get connected into this community that you're a part of now? Was it, was it was Brian Stroy, my right? Boy, my boy. <laughs> Prior podcast guest. That, my dude, man, that's, I get jitters, man. That's. I, I have a lot to thank him for. And it's just community in general. But yeah, Brian, Brian, be sure. I call him Swag Champ, you know? And the dude's a, a selfless, selfless human being. Does a lot for a lot of people and doesn't want any credit for it because just how he is as a person. So maybe I'm just biased because he's helped me in such a huge ways where no need to share it, you know, because it's special and it's something that he would do for any and everybody. So that's my guy. I wouldn't be here without him. Yeah, we had a fun chat a few weeks ago on the podcast. That would have been in May, I want to say. So, yeah, 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 five or six episodes ago, mm-hmm. eight maybe. Uh, math is hard. Um, <laughs> Very. I'm quick to grab a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll put that link in the show notes, as they say. Nice. But um, yeah, in that in that conversation, we talked about community to the core and yeah, yeah. and how he had found community and ski and snowboard and then yeah. running and mm-hmm. boulder and it's just really cool how like in certain places people gravitate towards other people who are just those yeah. pillars of community one thing that i've had conversations with others on this podcast is the aspect of representation and diversity and and yeah. being in a place where you are setting an example for others who look like you to be yeah. welcome, right? Uh, an episode that just released with David Lamb, um, he talked about how he wants to be on the start line so other Asians can see him and they can see themselves in him and be like, hey, I want to yeah. go there too because there are people that look like me. Yeah. We're in Boulder. It's a pretty white space. Um, how do you interact with that? How does that, is that something you're thinking about? Um I wouldn't say necessarily, but it is obviously on the mind, especially knowing where we where we live, especially where I, more so where I come from. Yeah. You know, um, where I come from, nothing against it, but a lot of people are rappers and you know basketball players, and you know, which is beautiful and amazing. But no one's really a runner, you know. And so, even for like like my baby cousins who mean the world to me, you know, and I kind of I treat them as if they're my kids, you know, and just kind of allow them to see you know, different side of life. And um, my family does a good job even with them, allow them to go to soccer practice, go swimming. And so I think it's a special, something special about just being different, you know, like, especially if you don't look alike, talk alike, yeah. you know, a lot of it's just being able to accept being different. And, but just wanted to shed, a, shed the bright light, you know, so. Cool. Yeah, it's, it was, it was particularly pointed on that day in left hand. I was like, hear a bunch of people and here's Marquise and I was just drawn to your energy and Thank you. and it was like you were you were a shining bright light in that moment and I was also struck by the fact that it was someone who had a different skin color than me mm-hmm. welcoming me into into this space yeah. that was at the time not mine yeah 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 um, that's so what it's it was, all about yeah you know I mean not even necessarily that directly you know but yeah. just in general like, yeah no matter how we look or again, how we talk, yeah. everyone should be welcoming everybody, yeah. you know, like not forced. It's just right. how it should be. And it's not like that all the time, you know, you can't force anyone to do a certain thing, you know, but I think it's important for people to feel welcome. For sure. Know? In the most little, subtlest way. For sure. Yeah. So your first race was Chicago 2017. Mm-hmm. You found the marathon pretty quickly. Pretty quick. Sounds like, how, did, quick. how did that happen? I was, again, I was a basketball player, so I didn't ever, I didn't, and I ran track as well. Um, so I didn't know anything that was long distance, yeah. you know, but everything surfaced. I mean, I'm still learning to this, yeah. to this day, but my coach at the time approached him. Even before approaching him, I was more so like, coach, I just want to be a good runner. Yeah. I mean, 5K, maybe the mile, you know, and he was real with me. It was like, hey, if you're not doing those things at a young age, it's hard to progress in those things, you know, to progress. You know, at that point, I'm like, you know, late 20s, you know? So it was like, I understood it. He said, the best thing you can do is marathon. And I was like, oh, 
how long was a marathon? <laughs> I didn't know, you know, at the time. And it says uh, 26 miles. I was like, I'm good, you know, <laughs> I'm all right. But I just trusted his vision. And I, all I know is hard work, transparently. That's all I really know. It's like, yeah, you figure it out later. Just work hard, you know? And that's how I got through life so far. It'll, even then and now, it's just, hey, just working hard. And uh, yeah, I just trusted what the, the good things he put over me. And I really want, I wanted it to then and now. I just want to be better, you know? So each year is just like, how can we get better? How can we get better? How can we get better? You know, so. So you've seen some pretty pretty good results for a new marathoner, quote Absolutely. unquote. Yeah, Thank, um, thankfully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what's that yeah. progression been like? Less about the times and more about, yeah. like tangibly you've improved and yeah, you've, so. you've seen some fast times with promise of yeah. um, ability to, to do even more. Yeah. I mean, it's been far from easy, you know, um, a lot of injuries, but, you know, I think it was just still believing what's to come. And um, I think it's, again, it just comes down to nothing, nothing special. No one knows a special sauce. You know, there's no, not one thing that X, Y, and Z is doing. I think it's just a matter of being able who can suffer the longest and who can just keep stacking good days. And, but at the same time, it's also just waiting, being patient and waiting for your day. You know, I'm just patiently waiting from, I haven't had the day I've really wanted or grown to know that I really, what I really want. And each day when I wake up, I'm like, hey, I just want to get better. That's it. I wake up, I smile, place my shoes up like any other person and just want to get better today. And we, we work really hard. We work really, really hard and thankful for this team that I'm a part of. They're, they're my family. You know, that's why it's even more special because I'm, I'm coming to a place where people love me and I love them, you know? So uh, we try to help each other every day. Talk about the power in that and like being out there and on those North Boulder dirt roads and yeah. the sweats flying and, and. Oh yeah. Oh, it's, they say, if you want to go by yourself, you can go far, but if you want to go further, do it with others. You know, I'm, I'm sure I probably just paraphrase that, <laughs> but uh, um, that's just how I look at it. It takes it takes a village. Some people can't get to where they want to get to by themselves. But that's just for me, what Marquise believes is that just doesn't work for me because I've only grown up in team sports and team sports helped me thrive. I think and believe running is a team sport. You know, yes, if you have the people, you yeah. know. But the team that I'm a part of, the track club, is it's a family, you know, and it's Sometimes I'm speechless about it because I know the impact it has on me, not just in my running, but in my life, you know? So it's special, you know? Everyone just wants to work hard. No one comes in and complains, you know? And everyone just, we work hard. We have a great coach who cares about us and cares about our progress. And that's what it is, you know? And it's just the old-fashioned hard work. You run today? We did, yes. Why'd you run today? Because I have an amazing race coming up. <laughs> Talking about the race. Uh, we got Berlin Marathon, you know, the end of September, you know, and just stacking the days, stacking the days and putting our backpacks on every day, you know, just strapping up our boots and working hard. So you run, you run a handful of marathons at this point, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, super grateful. Yeah, I think I'm close to, close to 10. I think I'm about nine or 10, I think, nine or 10 in, I believe. Yeah. So Berlin, what's a, what's a successful day look like and how are you making that happen? Uh, having a day that I'm proud of. Yeah, I have a goal in mind, you know, um, but I always just believe it's bigger than that. I want to go out there and have fun and share with the people that I really care for that I'm actually grateful to be attending it with. Um, but outside of that, just having a day that I'm proud of, the day that I can finish it and be and say that I, I, ran, I ran hard and I ran smart and I got the I get the time that I deserve, you know. The marathon's it's, its own beast, <laughs> and it's it doesn't. No matter how hard you work, at the same time, it's it just has to be your day, you know. <laughs> That's the thing about it. You can just gotta keep giving your heart to it. It's such so, a weird race, right? It's such a hard. Race. I had a conversation <laughs> with Tina Mir on her podcast a okay. couple of weeks ago, and she was like, "John, can I tell you something?" I was yeah. like, "Sure, go ahead." She's like, "We're friends. I'm telling you this, and you know." love like i knew you were gonna blow up at cim i was like tina what the hell yeah yeah <laughs> what do you mean the you truth hurts huh? knew i was gonna blow up at cim and she's like 
you went into this race so confident you forgot mm. how much it hurts yeah. and you forgot how much the marathon hurts yeah. and i was doing these like monster workouts yeah. and suffering like a little bit like i did the one i remember the most was 20 miles with 4321 at half marathon and I was like, that's a serious workout. Yeah, so yeah. much so I asked my coach, I was like, did you put an H in front of marathon effort by accident? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, no, yeah. <laughs> that was on purpose. And I suffered a little bit in that one, but yeah. I went into that race like too confident. Gotcha. And so it's like, it's this fine balance between, you You almost said it, like the marathon doesn't owe you anything yeah, yeah. as Peter Bromka says yeah, yeah. versus like, you can't be too afraid of it because it's just running, right? Yeah, like. Yeah. If things go super poorly, you can stop. Right? Yeah, you yeah. always have that freedom. Absolutely. I'm curious, given your life experiences mm -hmm. and how you talked about growing up, how does the optional discomfort play a factor in your relationship with running? Mm, I never thought about that. The optional discomfort. Um, I mean, I can't even correlate correlate that to like the race. You know, like I'm never I'm never a person that's like. I don't want to say super I'm confident, yeah. you know, but I think with the race, like the confidence is, is in the preparation. I'm if I know I'll put my heart into this, I'm obviously when I get to start line, I'm gonna be very, very confident. But um with the suffering part, it's just like that's the that's how it is. <laughs> you gotta be okay with suffering, you know, and and that's part of it's that's kind of all I know in the sense of I just kind of correlate that with hard work. You gotta hard work doesn't feel good. Hard work is inconvenient. Suffering is inconvenient. You got to just be okay with the pain and getting through it, you know? And I just never want to leave a workout, leave a day knowing that I didn't work my hardest, you know? So I, I get comfort in knowing that I worked my hardest. And, you know, it's one of those things that wavers from day to day, you know? Yeah. You know, my, my suffer could be different than tomorrow's suffer. It's just yeah. knowing that I gave what I can that day. And, and I always will be happy. I always will be happy. Talk to me about what your grandma thinks about your running and the dynamic between you and her and, and how you want to be, you know, she, you want her to be proud. Oh, and 100%. Um, at first, it was something she didn't understand. You know, uh, my grandma always just wanted me to be happy. So if she sees me happy, she's happy. But to even like, even add basketball to that, she was never happy because I went through so much with it and I always would come home frustrated. But She's seen a side of it. She's seen the, me bringing a medal to her. She's seeing, you know, have gratefully had the opportunities to be in some magazines and running world, you know, running world magazine and things like that. So she's seeing the blessings and she's seeing the the good things of it. And she's very, very happy. And grandma, I was, I was in New York, you know, and she's like, oh, really? Like just intrigued and happy, you know? So that's what keeps me going. You know, everything I do is to make her proud. Like, I just want to see her. She doesn't even have to say a single word, you know, just to see her smile or hear her smile on the phone is is all I need, you know. And But hearing her say the words she said and wearing my T-shirts that I get from races and, you know, having my medals close by her at home. Like I seen it when I went home this past weekend, yeah. you know, and uh, it means a lot to me. So it's something when I wake up every day, I wake up every single day faithfully knowing that I'm I'm doing what I'm doing for my grandma. You know, so that's what keeps me engaged and that keeps me not taking anything for granted because me being here is mind blowing. Still to this day, almost three years in, you know, and so uh, a lot of it's my grandma giving me that blessing to be here. And I just want to be the best person runner that I can be because uh, of her and for her. Talking about the relationship with her, I, I love the, um, I knew all four of my grandparents. I'm incredibly lucky to mm -hmm. have that. Uh, three of them are still alive. Two of them are doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, and I have friends who have never met their grandparents. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. don't know what it's like to have a grandparent. Yeah. And the the bond is unlike anything else. Oh wow. Uh, the bond's different for me personally is because I didn't I didn't have my mom growing up. I didn't have a dad growing up. So my grandma's kind of like. You know, you have a test, A, B, C, D, you have these, all the above. That's my grandma. You know, she was my mom, my grandma, my dad. And so our bond's a little bit different, you know. Um, knew my mom, but my mom moved away when I was young. And so 
I used to sleep in the bed with my grandma at a young age. And so we always had those late conversations. And so as a kid, you know, she was, she's my superhero, still is and forever is. So that bond is, is pretty tight. That's my G, you know, my backbone. Those are two things I call her all the time, you know, and I only call, I never call her grandma. I always call her G, my backbone, you know, and that's who she is to me. And um, that's, she's my world. So she's anything, any and everything is because of her, you know? And so I never look past that. How would she describe Marquise? I don't know. You have to give her a call. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, she always said I smile a lot. So I think she was always called, she would say smiley, you know, which I think is a positive thing. I hope, you know, um, but I, I will hope she was say I'm a resilient person, you know, especially with what I, I've been through and as a kid and growing up as an adult, you know, none of it's easy. Um, but I know I wouldn't be able to get through it without her. So I, w- I would think she would stay resilient, hopefully. <laughs> if you've been enjoying this podcast and can spare 90 seconds of your time today, can you do me a favor? Can you pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review? It helps other people find and enjoy the podcast too. Thanks so much. We are proud to be sponsored by a local Boulder-based sports nutrition company that we all know and love, Scratch Labs. As you may know, last year I went to their facility here in Boulder and got a sweat test done. They were able to tell me how much salt I'm losing during a workout and recommend sports nutrition from there. Long story short, I'm a salty sweater and need to replenish perhaps more than the average person. But that's not all. About a year ago, I started working with sports dietitian Kylie Van Horn. Kylie is the owner of Fly Nutrition and a coach within Microcosm. I was having a lot of GI issues pre-run and during the run, so David, my coach, suggested I work on nutrition with Kylie. I switched my nutrition pre-run to purely liquid fueling, and while that didn't solve 100% of what I'd been dealing with, it sure has helped. Fast forward a year and more, and Scratch's products have helped kept me fueled and energized through plenty of strong workouts and long runs, as well as some big adventure days in the mountains. Their super high carb mix is exactly that. It's full of what you need and goes down super smooth. When you give your body what it needs, you'll truly enjoy it for the long run. You can grab energy bars, chews, hydration mix, recovery drink mix, and super high carb drink mixes for your big days from scratch to fuel your training and upcoming adventures. I use the lemon lime super high carb mix every single day. I use a half serving within an hour of all morning runs, and it's my main fuel source for road long runs. For trail adventures, I use a couple servings in my bottles and supplement that with the chews or other fun trail snacks. You can use the code FTLR20 for 20% off your order at the link in the show notes. Thanks again to Scratch for supporting the show. We're all constantly looking for ways to improve our performances. One thing we truly love about this community is our determination to always be getting better and go hard at whatever goals we may have. Our partners over at 2Before help us continue to grow and expand our athletic capabilities through their New Zealand blackcurrant berries. But John, how can berries from New Zealand help me improve my performance? I'm glad you asked, podcast listener. The thing that got me hooked was a meta-analysis I read of 16 studies on New Zealand blackcurrants that found a strong performance benefit with no negatives. Combining the blackcurrant powder with four to eight ounces of water or whatever liquid you prefer helps you increase your blood flow, make it more efficient for your body to pump that good oxygenated nutrient-rich blood into your muscles, improving your endurance. It also helps to reduce muscle soreness and helps manage inflammation. I've also been using it to help keep my immune system riding high with all the trails, roads, and plains that I'm on. Go on over to twobefore.com to grab some for yourself with the code FTLR to save 30% on 20, 10, and multi-serve packs. Thanks again to the team over at Two Before for supporting this community. That's twobefore, number two before.com. So you've taken some chances you've you've bet on yourself what well, one thing i love about boulder is right everyone's interesting yeah. everyone's here because they love being here they they're they've bet on themselves or they love nature yeah. or they they love the people that they're with or whatever you're one of those people right. and and you have bet on yourself you left a job that was paying the bills and Absolutely. you gambled on on yourself as a runner and yeah. and you're doing more of this betting on yourself. Talk to me about that and the yeah. the mindset of, hey, I'm going to go for this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of, it came from just through time of knowing that I wanted more for myself. And my my end goal for any and everything is happiness. Like I just, I want to be happy, you know, at the end of the day. The job that I worked at, 
was successful, but I was happy. But I knew that my purpose was more so in running, you know? And I, bought, I knew early on that I needed to take a gamble. And that was one thing that I put in my journal even when I moved here is like, I want to take a leap of faith. And my leap of faith was me getting here. And then I made it, I wrote it again in my journal. Like, I want to take another leap of faith. And um, I did that this past December. Uh, quit my job working for the cycling company I was working for. Amazing people. You're amazing human beings. But I know that it was something that I needed to do to to go all in on running and and to just try, you know, just try. And so it's not, nothing's easy about it. Even had a conversation with someone recently, you know, who's taking a leap of faith as well. And it's the scariest thing in the world, you know. But I think you have to kind of always believe, hey, it's going, it's going to be all right. You know, even though it's going to be hard for a season. My grandma always tells us, you know, seasons come. Everyone has a season. Um, but the thing is, that season doesn't last because there's another season coming, you know. So my grandma, I've always leaned in on that. You know, and um, that's that's helped me in looking at it where I'm at today, and even with the opportunities to start up my own business, which I'm overly spe- speechless, thankful for. <laughs> you know, I can even get a little teary eyed. You know, and um, just how it's happened. Super thankful for the people in my life uh, that's helped me. They know who they are. You know, and uh, again, I wouldn't be here without them. And uh, it, it means the world to me. And my buddy, Tony, who made the video I just showed you mm-hmm. about the mile um, on the podcast on Saturday. And he moved from Boston, San Francisco as a software developer, yeah. worked in tech, made great money. He was like, this isn't it, <laughs> right? Like yeah, yeah. The, the fat paycheck, just to be a fat paycheck mm-hmm. is unsatisfying. Yeah, And he had some shifts in his roles and he was like, what we talked about was people are really bad at calculating risk. Mm. And he said, most people don't think about the risk of not doing something and the risk of you're sitting here not excited about what you're doing on a daily basis and and the cost of that versus safety and comfort and predictability and like what's on the other side of safety. Well, probably something that could be awesome. Um, And we had a really fascinating conversation on that. And it reminds me a lot of this around the like, well, it was something that was predictable and whatnot. But like the way that you talk about betting on yourself, like you're lighting up and you're excited and now you've started your own business and talking about like taking that leap. And and I saw a tweet the other day. I was like, I love when my friends quit their jobs. Mm. (laughs) And it's like, because every time that happens, someone's pursuing something that's really, really meaningful to them. Yeah, Talk to me about when you knew, right? Because I have this podcast, not because, well, I love having these types of conversations. Yeah, And also a lot of times I feel like the people who are listening are going through something super similar or their friends are, whatever. Mm -hmm. So in this instance, I'm asking the question on behalf of someone who's nodding along and saying, wow, yeah, this sounds pretty similar to what I'm living in in my life right now. Mm -hmm. How did you actually take that leap? What was that like right before you jumped off the diving board? What what did that look like? My amazing friends here. It was voicing what I had in my head, you know, and having the amazing friends that I have and them supporting and pushing me to to do to do what I was thinking, you know, and had thoughts for, you know, for a long time. I love cars. Um, so my business is the mobile detailing business and I love cars. I love people. Why not combine the two and do it, you know? And again, my friends just encouraged me, man, why not do it, you know? And I think at some point in time, we all get in our heads about taking that leap, you know? And Again, I'm thankful for my friends that just a, a simple conversation sparked a fire and it, it, it got us here today. And, and again, I never look past it. I'm so thankful. And that's a part of the journey that we're trying to get to. And this is like, it's all organic, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, it's forced. It's That's why it's so special because the people that I love supported me and encouraged me. And everything has happened. It's all been by word of mouth, uh, having just great people in my life that, that I know I wouldn't be here without, you know, and so it's special and it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty darn cool, you know, and it's 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 always worth it, you know. But 
you know, it's 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 cool when you got people behind you that you care for. That's man nudging you and encouraging yeah. you um, to do it. It makes it know it makes you to know that it's worthwhile, you know. And then you and you just trust it. It's the most beautiful thing ever. So I'm gonna take this moment to say, if you live in the Front Range area, <laughs> hit up Marquise because he came to my house with his mobile detailing van and spent like three, four hours here and it looked better than what the time I paid $350 for, for <laughs> the service at, at um, Gloss. And, oh, uh, and I was like, Marquise, you got to charge more. Your yeah, time is so yeah. much more valuable. <laughs> this is incredible work. Yeah. Um, and my car looked beautiful for, oh, for weeks after that. So yeah. we're not done yet, but if someone's listening, they're like, wow, my car's dirty and I live in the front range area. Where oh, can we find you? Oh uh, man, just, hey, Humble Mobile Detailing you know, on Instagram, just send us a message. And within the, the Instagram, there's our website. Website's there. And hey, just book an appointment. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out. Here to help and just really want to help people's cars be beautiful. You know, like everyone deserves a clean car. You totally. Know? So, so I'm, I'm, I love the entrepreneurship side yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, I, I talk to a lot of people on this podcast who are at the intersection of entrepreneurship and endurance sport. And my hypothesis is that people who are in endurance sport make better entrepreneurs because we understand the process. And we understand that you can't train for a marathon in one day. You can't hit all your yeah. goals in one day. Yeah. And I've been in the startup world my, my whole career and, and I lean on what I learned in running all the yeah. time. Um, have you thought about that? Have you made that connection? And and talk to me about how, if maybe this is the first time you're hearing about it, like how how has running played into your ability to to be your own boss? Yeah, I I, I think it's something I've been preaching on all day. It's just the art of hard work, you know. And that's definitely you have to be a hard worker to be in the line of all the detailing in the detailing business in general because it's very very hard. <laughs> and marathon training is very very hard, you know. So I just correlate it with that. In a detail in entrepreneurship, it, you know, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of effort. But at the same time, it's like you never do it alone. You know, I wouldn't be here without so many people who has helped me. I'll be selfish not to say thank you to those people, you know. And um, I wouldn't. It's, it takes a village, and I'm so thankful for every single person who helped my business get off the ground because I love them a lot. And with me, like I, I just always want to help my people as much as they help me. And um, again, the friends I have are special. I love my friends a lot. So it's, yeah, I think it's just a, just a form of hard work. I'm going to go back to something you said or something you said your grandma says about you that you're smiling all the time. Mm-hmm. You smile your whole way through, through this conversation <laughs> and you're doing it right now, but I've seen you race a couple of times and you've been smiling every time I've seen you oh, on man. the race course. Yeah. Is that Boston? Did I see you at CIM? Camera. I doubt. I believe I saw yeah. so you at Boston. Yeah. Vividly. I remember seeing you vividly yeah. in Boston. You on the sideline. And I've that seen too. some photos of you running through certain places in the race. And the photos are just like, you're just like lighting up the crowd. Talking about feeding on that energy. How do you, how do you take that energy that is on the course? And again, I'm asking because you and I are similar in the, in the way that we feed off of crowds. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, I, a lot of people don't know that power. Yeah. And like one thing I tell people is put your freaking name on your bib and let the crowd <laughs> pretend to know you. <laughs> tell me about how, how you make that connection with the crowd and, and how you draw energy from, from the course. Yeah. It's, it's always just been this, I don't want to say a natural thing. No, it's, um, I just look at it from the sense like that energy is definitely contagious especially being at Boston, yeah. you know, like that was my first first and only year so far. And it's one of those things that kind of naturally happens in the race, especially when things get hard. Things get hard <laughs> for one, but also you see people you know, you yeah. see people you care about, or just people that's cheering, you know, and cheering I know is not easy yeah. either, you know, yeah. and, but this, you know, being on the course and it's like a quiet spot, you know, it's, it's picked the energy up a little bit. You know, people are already screaming, you know, for us out there. And so, and that energy, I know it helps me, but I don't I don't do it forcibly. You know, it's one of those things where it's definitely natural in the sense like it's organic. But you know, just that energy helps us get through, get to the finish line a lot quicker, you know. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's just something about energy is great, man. <laughs> energy is energy is huge. Um, but 
it's one of my favorite parts of the marathons is being out there uh, and hearing people, you know, just scream my name. It's not, you know, not saying about me, you know, it's, it's people that's next to me, you know, you know, you know, everyone deserves to get some cheering, you know, to help them uh, in the race. Yeah, I love that. And, and to see the, the excitement on someone's face when you're like, you acknowledge them in Absolutely. the race, it's, yeah. it's powerful. And yeah. I like to watch the Boston Marathon for mile 24. And that's yeah. when people yeah. need the, need any, any sort of crowd support possible. Mm. Um, one of the consistent topics on this podcast is talking about success and how success is defined and achieved and strived for. Here's what your definition of success is to start. Oh, I just think I kind of correlate success to happiness, you know, and especially specifically speaking for uh, my dreams and goals in marathoning. Just want to be the best runner I can be. And I know that's what's going to make me happy and make me want to feel successful is knowing I'm progressing and just, just getting better. You know, um, I've, I've restructured my goals and it's something that they, they mean a lot to me, you know. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, just know I work, I work my butt off and I'm progressing in the littlest of ways. I don't need to see, yeah. you know, of course the goal at first was for a long time was Olympic trials qualifying. I have, to, I have to restructure that one. You know, I'm like, I just want to be a better Marquise each year. And yeah, obviously we equate that to time, but I just take that pressure off myself. You know, I don't want to just be Olympic trials qualifier runner. No, I want to be a runner past that. You know, like, you know, some people, you know, they, they obtain a goal and that's it. You know, I'm like, no, I, just want to, I want to be in the sport for a long time, you know, and uh, I just want to make sure I'm continually getting better. So that's what success looks like for me, just knowing I'm getting better and working, working, working the tail off, you know. So I like the dynamic between success and fun and happiness. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a place that I'm like getting closer to. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I started running, is like success was breaking three hours in the marathon. Everything else was a failure. Gotcha. And it took failing at that goal four times and yeah. over like a four-year period before I sort of learned that there is a better, better way out there than just anchoring, defining success around the time. Mm-hmm. Um, in that effort, I ran, I didn't even break four hours in one of those marathons. And... I was served a nice dose of humble pie in that in that race, and I think that was the one that finally like taught me the lesson. Um, hard work has always been a part of your your ethos and yeah. your your vibe. Has the relationship between fun and happiness and success always been that connection, or were there times between 2017 and now where you may have been super focused on a time, perhaps yeah. like too far? Absolutely, I think that's how I have to change my my mental. Yeah. You know, in regards to because I've I've seen what it feels like to even going home recently and racing in LA Marathon in March, where I didn't know I had pressure on me. I yeah. thought I was just going home, you know. But the whole aspect of my family seeing me race for the first time was a lot of pressure, and we did a lot of great prep work for that race, and I felt really confident. But also, obviously, I wasn't like walking around with my chest out. Yeah. No, I'm like, no, I again prepared to be here and I feel confident to know that I can run 26.2, the the fastest I've had so far. And it was everything but that. But <laughs> there was a bigger picture there that was way bigger than a time and a goal. My family, you know, and the people who mean a lot to me in California. Um, and I had to I restructured my way I think about the marathon. Then even before then where I did get a dose of that same humble pie before, and that, that pie don't taste good. No, it's you know, not a good pie. I don't want that pie. I want you know, <laughs> uh, but I think we. Need, I think it's it's pivotal for our progress. Though. Yeah, I think we need to taste that. You know, that's why since then when that happened, it's been I don't want to say numerous occasions, but you know, it's been times in Chicago. Yeah. You know, and where I've run that race three times already, and still haven't gotten it right. Where I've gotten a dose of humble pie, one of those races where it made me respect the marathon even more and it made me respect the, the power and having fun. You know, it, I think it's crucial, you know, the whole aspect of fun and just being confident in your work, you, the prep work you put in, 
you know, and that's where the confidence really comes from. Not, you know, anything else again for me, you know, yeah. uh, everyone has their, their philosophies, what, they, what makes them go, what makes them tick. Uh, at least for me, I have to make sure I'm having fun. Like that's why I'm going to, I'm going to smile at every race <laughs> <laughs> and seeing people out there who I know on the sidelines cheering for us. And I'm going to always say thank you to them. And I'm going to always try to find a way to cheer back, you know, so even kind of take questions back, like giving energy back to the crowd yeah. is them cheering for us. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, that's, they get that, they should, crowds should get cheered back too, yeah. you know? So that's a, that's kind of one of the reasons why I do it. But yeah, a lot of it, yeah, just having the mindset, man, I want to have fun today. <laughs> and for me having fun, it's like, I got to be able to smile, uh, yeah. you know, so. So I'm three, almost 300 episodes into this podcast. And as you're talking, I'm thinking that, Originally, my my goal was like, I'm going to have a bunch of smart people on this podcast and it's going to teach gotcha. and it's going to help people change their path, right? As you're talking, I'm like, I'm not helping anyone change their path. I'm helping them feel better about the path mm-hmm. that they're currently on and resonate with the stories of the people who I get to talk with. Because as you're saying this, I'm like, <laughs> yep, that was my exact... Mm-hmm exact process and you know maybe the i took a left here and you took a right here and but we met up in the middle or whatever and now we're in boulder together in this room with these bright lights that are super warm yeah yeah it was good actually (laughs) (laughs) and and it's so cool that like i'm just reflecting a little bit on like this the the podcast journey and and i'm just like having this like epiphany that it's not about the pulling lessons out of people's heads and yeah. and helping instruct. But it's like, as you're saying this, I'm like, yeah, that like validates mm-hmm. everything that I think about the process and, and fun and smiling and working the crowd. And um, it's just like a really cool, <laughs> really cool mm-hmm. moment for me, right? Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's what it's for. As, as that's thinking. how it should be, you know? Like, we're here to help each other, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't... I don't think life's meant for us to keep things. Yeah. I think it's meant to share and for us to encourage one another, you know, and it's even better when it just happens, yeah, yeah. you know? So, Have you ever thought about your own podcast or some medium like this? Someone has actually popped questions in my head. And yeah. I don't think I have the, I don't want to, what's the word? Like, I don't want to say mental capacity. Yeah. I don't know if I have the, I don't know if I have the personality for it, yeah. you know? Um, and I, I said it in the most beautiful way. Like, yeah. Cause I, if I, I want it to be great, you know, and, um, but I have twiddled with a thought, but you know, it's, I haven't considered it's it. Sitting there. It's, 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 it's sitting it's, there. It's possibly there, but. You, you seem know. like, like a curious enough person that yeah. you could figure anything out, but something like that, just like your desire to understand people yeah, is, you. is second to none. And like, that's what makes that's what makes an interesting conversation. That sound is the sound of the GoPro saying, I'm too warm and I'm <laughs> shutting down. <laughs> um, and so I think that's that's a super important piece of it. Like, it seems like everyone has a podcast these days. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot to be, a lot left to be desired in the conversational aspect of it, right? Like, there are plenty of running podcasts. It's like, okay, Marquise, you did a workout today. Tell me about your splits. And yeah. there are people who are interested in that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in this world where everyone's like addicted to their phones and stuck in their own world and yeah. thinking about you know themselves and whatnot, this like conversational aspect and the sitting at a bar between two friends and having a conversation, right? Like, I love this medium because we've been going for almost an hour. And neither of us have looked at our phones. Yeah. And like, when does that ever happen? Yeah, not right? Too, not too often. <laughs> right. Not too often. You know, it's, and if I did have a podcast, it would be along the lines of just, hey, having a good conversation. It doesn't have to be about running. Right. It's about just, hey, just having deep conversation, having surface level conversation, yep. just having conversation, which I think is a lost art, you know? And even for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a to myself type of person sometimes, sometimes a lot of the times, but, I love people to to no degree. And I can say that confidently. I love people. Uh, and I love my people, you know, and the people who are who love on me, you know. So just if I did, it would be it'd be a cool one just to have good conversation. Just good conversation, yeah. you know. 
And I think that's I think that's something sweet. So what you do is is powerful, you know, like like you said, it's having good good talks with people is is it's awesome. Where does the um I was just thinking of of names for your future podcast. Where does <laughs> where does humble Keith come in? Where, where does that um, name come from? It came through basketball. Yeah. Um, so so his Instagram is humble keys. It's yeah. humble mobile auto detailing. Yeah. Well, it actually came after basketball. I think through running. I um I think this came through conversations that just with family, honestly, and just having conversations like not getting too high or too low. And so I just kind of had that conversation with family and just kind of put that into my heart and how I how I walk every day. Sometimes I feel the lows when I feel the lows, but finding a way to stay even kill, you know? So humble is not getting too high, not getting too low. And and I think it's about being selfless, you know? And so I try to literally aim my life to be like that, you know? Unforced, but also with some effort at the same time. Um, so yeah, that's where it comes from, is having conversations with my family and my grandma embedding that into us about being a good person and, and not getting too high, not getting too low. So cool. Marquise, this has been a blast. Uh, again, if you're in the front range area and your car is dirty, <laughs> hit up Marquise. Hey, if it's clean too, it's, if it's clean too. <laughs> My car was kind of clean. Actually, it was really dirty. Your car was great. Your, great. your car was phenomenal. <laughs> it's phenomenal afterwards. Marquise, this has been a blast. Thank you so much for all you do for, again, that warm welcome for me in Boulder. It like, really set this last two-year adventure off on nice. the right foot. It was like, I don't know, day two of living in Boulder. And nice. it really like, it resonated. It like, I think about it a lot and I try and emulate that um, every time I go to a group run and, and meet new people. I, I want to be, I want to be the Marquise for them that you were for me on that day. So thank you so much for that. I know I'm one of many that you've had that experience with. Um, so thanks for thanks for being you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This, of course. this is awesome. Thank of you for all that you do too. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next time on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too. This podcast and the accompanying music has been produced by Brian Walters of Single Track Sound. For the Long Run's logo was created by Vanessa Wolf of Sterling Wolf. Show notes have been written by Ruby Wiles and is managed by Emily Holland. It takes a village. 